You're listening to WNHHLP, 103.5 FM New Haven, streaming live at www.newhavenindependent.org and broadcasting live from our offices on Elm Street. This is another episode of The Show with Michelle Turner. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Lucy, Uber Lucy, Super Lucy, my wonderful, our wonderful producer here at the show and at WNHH. We always appreciate her and her hard work. In the studio with me this morning, I have the good fortune of having those from the Amistad Committee. They are bringing a show to town along with the Southern Connecticut State University Multicultural Center, a show called Mr. Robeson, A Life with Songs. And two members of that committee are here with me this morning. I'd like to welcome to the show for the first time, Charles Warner, better known as Chaz. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. And a veteran of the show, Masara Kai Perry. Good morning. Good morning. So for background's sake, like anybody in New Haven doesn't know who you are and what you do, can you talk a little bit about the Amistad Committee, either or one of you? Sure. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I wish I would have prepared a little better, but Amistad Committee has been around um all of my lifetime for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember the exact um, date. I should know this, but um, that they started. But it's an organization that came together to honor the original Amistad Committee mm-hmm. that fought for um, the rights, the human rights of those Amistad Africans who were illegally enslaved here in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And so in order to continue their legacy, um, Al Martyr, um, got together with a few other folks and established our own New Haven Amistad Committee that still is uh, working hard to spread the word around Connecticut about a variety of different historical events um, mm-hmm. and bringing uh, awareness to even some current current events that are about the advancement of African-American people in this um, community, particularly Connecticut, and about how... African-Americans and white Americans can come together and work together for the common good. So um, some of the things the Amistad Committee has done um, is erected the statue of Sengbei PA in mm-hmm. front of the um, New Haven City Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, they have started uh, the Freedom Trail where we have sites now all throughout Connecticut um, they also established the sister city between New Haven and Freetown, Sierra Leone. And now mm-hmm. sister cities has taken off and has their separate organization. But they were part of that. The Amistad Committee also originally helped to fund the building of the Freedom Schooner Amistad. So that and many other um, projects, uh, I would say, um, like I said, acknowledging past events and current events, um, legacy of African-Americans in Connecticut um, the Amistad Trust strives to do what they can to bring more attention. To and the Freedom things. Trail, in case people don't know, is different historical sites pertaining to African-Americans around the state. Yes. And um, it's interesting because a lot of people don't think about slavery in Connecticut. They have no concept, no idea. They actually think that most people were indentured servants. Right which is not true. I believe 
either 1830 or 1850. I should have brought my phone in studio with me so I could Google it. But um, one of those years is when slavery ended in Connecticut. That's right. Connecticut was late. Connecticut was very late in uh, abolishing slavery compared to other states that were located in the North and the Northeast. So the Freedom Trail is definitely something that everybody should try to either take the trip and look around the state of Connecticut or at least Google it so you can see particular sites and what they mean not only to the state but their contribution to African-American history in America. That's right. And then, I mean, it's all of our, it's a collective history, Mm -hmm. although um, it focuses maybe on African-Americans. It's the story of Connecticut. It's the story of America. So it's something that we should all focus some and celebrate with. Indeed. Indeed. So I know that you all do a fantastic dinner every year, but as you said before, you are about the current as well as the past history. So why Paul Robeson and why now? Well, Paul Robeson, we realize that someone is, we we call an unsung hero. Mm -hmm. Somebody that um, sadly doesn't get enough credit um, for the work that he has done um, in the past. And so uh, Al Martyr actually has a close relationship with, with um, Paul Robeson, actually met him during his days mm. um, doing some activism here in Connecticut. And so uh, he came about, I'm not exactly sure how he found this out, but he came about this group out of London and thought, brought it to the committee's attention and said, hey, what do you think? You think we could afford to bring this group here and have them perform and get some students especially involved so that we can teach Connecticut about who this unsung hero really is. And Paul Robeson is um, a figure that people should be able to connect to, mm-hmm. young people. Mm-hmm. He was an, uh, a stellar athlete, an all-American college mm-hmm. athlete. At Rutgers. Right, played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. On top of being an all-American football player at Rutgers, he graduated as a valedictorian of his class. Was he not Phi Beta Kappa? He was Phi Beta Kappa, and he was inducted into a smaller, uh, more private secret honor society there, Mm -hmm. one of four Mm -hmm. that year, which was outstanding. Yeah, and unheard of, really, for an African-American. Sure. Uh, I don't know if Mr. Boucher, who is the first African-American, I believe, Ph.D. out of Yale, is is even been in the country. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he even holds a secret society. He did not. He was one of um, one of less than five who was not in a secret society. Mm. And Mr. Robeson also had a fantastic acting career as well as um, recording career. Absolutely. Because he sang opera. That's right. Um, And And I know you're familiar with opera because of your mom. Yes, ma'am. So Paul Robeson was truly someone who was a renaissance man. He had a lot of talent. He used it uh, in big ways. And young people need to know that you can play football and you can excel in um, athletics. But also uh, Paul Robeson, after Rutgers, went on to um, NYU Law School first and then he left for Columbia Law School. But Yeah, he is a Columbia Law School grad, right? correct? 
So you can do it all. You can excel in sports, and then you can be at the top of your class in academics, and you can be a social activist and a singer and um, an actor. And he had a film career as well. Mm -hmm. So this one man um, had many lives all at the same time. And I think it's good to note, too, that Mr. Robeson used his celebrity, his fame, Absolutely. to really, you know, to highlight. Right. You know the civil rights movement and um, his all his socialist activities. You know uh, we look at some of the our famous football players today, right. like Colin Kaepernick, right? right. Who is taking the knee and you know using that to using his celebrity to really send out a good message. But um, at the same time, did you hear recently that he admitted that he didn't vote in the past yes. election? Yes. So you know, so I think it's important for young people, like you were saying, Jazz, that. Um, if you're to figure out how to leverage your skills mm -hmm. and your celebrity, you know, but also be willing to sacrifice. It's not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. And um, as we mm -hmm. know, a huge part of Paul Robeson's story was that he was basically shunned by the, uh, by America. So he didn't perform here for a long time. His career um, here was minimized because of his activism. So yes, there were major repercussions for him, but he persevered nonetheless. Yeah, because he was a communist, and as time went on, the American population was very swept up in a red scare. That's right. And so, you know, late 40s, early 50s, after World War II, uh, he decided to leave the country yes. because he could not get work. Um, he could not be an activist and be an african-american and be communist right it was to his detriment or so, even be associated with them whether he you know admitted to it or not and people his associations him. right people shunned him when you talk about associations um and he ended up i believe dying in russia if my memory serves i me thought correct. it was in france i'm not sure i thought I know it was yeah, I thought it was in Paris, France, but Jazz is looking it up yeah. right now. I w watched a documentary <laughs> about him, um, and I know he spent a lot of time there. Yeah, he did. He spent a lot of time in Moscow and, and St. Petersburg and a couple of other places. Hmm. But he was a force to be reckoned with. He was physically a big guy. And so you have this big guy with this big voice and he is coming into a room to not back down. And so just his presence alone overtook some people. You know, him walking into a room, right. you know, was very intimidating for yes. a lot of people. So for him to be an activist and an African-American man, you know. And, uh, and phenotype, um, african-american you know a lot of times uh in that day and age the more um fair european mm -hmm. looking fair african-americans were mm -hmm. promoted to be leaders right and uh paul robeson was a, a dark-skinned gentleman um african featured if you will mm -hmm. um but a small tidbit ab about paul robeson in connection to new haven he was married um to the granddaughter of um Francis Cardoza, who 
at one time served as a pastor of Dixwell Church. Okay. Very early on. And so um, I always tell people that these major figures a lot of times have small ties to New Haven. And it makes um, the history more livable and like uh, close. Yeah. More tangible. Yeah. Because, you know, we have, there's so many great personalities who were tied to New Haven in one way or another. Uh, You know, the Honorable Constance Baker Motley, Malcolm X. Sure. Horace Silver, the jazz person who played at the Monterey. You know, Billy Holiday sung here. Um, W.E.B. Du Bois. Yeah. His family's from New Haven. Yeah. See, why do I know these His father's side of the family. His father's side of the family. Mm -hmm. And uh, Adam Clayton Powell was born here. His father was the uh, lead pastor at Emmanuel Baptist Church before he went to Abyssinian in Harlem. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's how Adam Clayton Powell the congressman is, was born here. Was born mm-hmm. here. But he went on huh. to represent Harlem and, you know, had his activism. So New Haven has always played a small part in African American history. Right. Whether we want to recognize it in a lot of ways or not. It's um it has its ties. But Mr. Robeson also um was somebody who was not conventional. He didn't live by the rules. And for a lot of African-Americans, that was difficult because, you know, here you have, again, somebody who sings opera, someone who's been an all-American, did not go to an historically black college, you know, and now he's doing film and now he's singing. So for a lot of African-Americans, Paul Robeson was not so much an enigma, but people weren't certain whether they should agree with him because of his his beliefs and right. the way that he looked at things. You know, he at one point was pinned as a radical. Yes. And um, back then, I'm sure just as difficult as it is now to be a radical, so to speak, it was probably even more difficult for him to really speak or or how can you say have a a real connection in some areas with African Americans because of the communism mm-hmm. so that made things difficult I think for him in some ways with this country and him being pegged as a radical he's still paying the price for it now the um, like the paucity of coverage on his life is because of uh, is because of the ill feelings that the country had towards him, mm-hmm. and he was just one in a long line of um, activists. W. E. B. Du Bois also faced the same kind of backlash uh, from the government for being uh, associated with communism or for being too radical. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he even investigated by the FBI? Yes, yes FBI yes. and Senate committees bought him. Uh, to the Senate time and time again, asking him about communist affiliations. It was, I mean, Eartha Kitt was another one who, although the situation was different, she still faced backlash from the government because of her political views and voicing her concern with uh, Lyndon B. Johnson's wife. Mm-hmm. And she had to At go to White Europe. House luncheon, right? Yeah, she and, had to go to Europe mm-hmm. to get work. And it's possible it could happen again. Now, with the current political climate, people who, um, if you notice, people who have once been critical of the president-elect 
are now like recanting and very quickly apologizing to sort I, mm. I suppose to stave off any kind of wrath that they mm. could be incurring. Facing, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. And there were even some accounts that maybe you know that were speculating if whether or not he was poisoned. Oh, Paul Robeson. Yes. Well, yeah. he died really? in Philadelphia. Yeah, it was Philadelphia's where he. Um, oh, what year? I want to say 77. I think you're right. I think you're right. I want to say 77, but I don't remember. Because I remember the pictorial that was in Ebony. You know, when Ebony used to be big and it used to come to your house. And that was sort of like, ooh, Ebony's in the house, right? It's January of 1976. Okay, 76. So my senior year of high school, actually. Telling how old I am. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I remember the pictorial that they had of him and how, you know, people still were not receptive of him after all these years. You know, he had a very close so like circle. A, a dark cloud over him, like a mystery. A, a dark circle, mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. an enigma. Right. Um, almost forgotten by the African-American community because... You have to remember that at that time period, America itself was still, you know, getting over the Vietnam War. Yes. You know, the Black Panthers had fallen apart, but mm-hmm. they were going sort of mainstream with Bobby Seale running for office in Oakland. Um, you had the trauma of even getting over King and Kennedy. Right. And the Kennedys. Right. You know? So with that said, you know, People are looking to be more American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when you start to talk about being more American, you start to leave other things and people behind. And that's real. That is real. And so Paul Robeson, by that time, you know, like I said, when I opened up my ebony, it was like, oh, yeah, that dude. Right. You know, and I had heard so much about him, but I couldn't find any information. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where. You know, you'd get like two or three pages on Paul Robeson in a book, but it was mm-hmm. never anything that was extensive. It was never anything that uh, really said who he was, you know, or why he took the road that he did. Mm-hmm. You know, him being an African-American male in America, you know, what would want to make him join the Communist Party? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, even though. Later on, I did have the opportunity a few years back to interview an African-American male who had become the president of the Communist Party in the United States. So some things come full circle. Mm -hmm. But um, certainly, Paul Robeson, had it not been for a couple of people saying, "Okay, we really need to recognize this man and keep him in the forefront of history that he'd be a little-known black history fact, if you will. Well, you know, I think uh, the director, uh, I want to say it's Ridley Scott, Mm -hmm. was saying that um, the next, no, sorry, Steve McQueen, who possibly will be doing a biopic Mm -hmm. on Paul Robeson. So... Hopefully we have that to look forward to. A nice biopic on Paul Robeson. Mm, I wonder who's nice. gonna play him. <laughs> well, I wonder mm. on the other hand, maybe maybe you two know for him to be so radical mm-hmm. 
you know, I got to see this documentary of his life and a lot mm-hmm. of the uh, films that he re- he was doing. He was playing those roles. Like that, stereotypical, like stereotypical, jungle roles. Yeah, roles. And I wonder what the reaction was um, in the country at that time to him playing those stereotypical roles and then coming out as a communist. Like, yeah, what's the balance? Yeah, what's the balance there? Well, you know, I think from what I have read about him, he was very popular. Mm-hmm. You know, he really was big time at one point. Sure. And, you know, people flocked to see him and people were. Well, he was also like a, a heartthrob. Like, I mean, yeah. th- this guy was famous for a, for a long time. You know, I was like, yeah. A, and one of the roles he played, I think he was the one of the first African-Americans to be depicted in a uh, film as a as the with like, a, like an interracial. A, yeah. In an interracial relationship with mm-hmm. you know, a white woman. Right. Um, well, I know he played Othello uh, um, mm-hmm. in yeah. theater. Yeah. And he was the he was first, one of the first black blacks person, to right. play Othello. And had um, in this particular show the entire supporting cast was white as it was written, but he was the first one to play. Um, Instead of being a, in someone being in blackface right. mm-hmm. and playing Othello. But I mean, if you've seen any of his um, old pictures um, and in Carl Van Vechten and his mm. photograph collection, he has a lot of uh, photographs of, you know, different Harlem Renaissance figures or famous black people at the time. But, this guy was an athlete. He was very tall, well built. So I mean, he was known for not only you know being a scholar or an activist, but he was also an early sex symbol as well, mm. which um was probably an odd place to be in for a black man at the time because we oh, weren't yeah, seen that way. That. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, he's he's one of the earlier heartthrobs, I guess you can say, of film. Yeah, sure. A film and theater. And your Harry Belafonte's and your other um, artist activists definitely stand on Paul Robeson's shoulders. Mm. I think a lot oh, of those I people see. do. Mm. You know. Um, Can you all think of anybody now who has gone to college, gone to law school, um, a renowned singer, a renowned uh, athlete? athlete a film star, mm-hmm. Broadway, I mean, Broadway or a right. stage. Right. I can't think of anybody who has mastered, mastered, not just dabbled in, but right. mastered all those fields. Nope. No. You're on a blank. No. You know, mm-hmm. and, and the key is mastered. Because when you start to talk about Paul Robeson in his many roles as an athlete, as an actor, as a stage actor, as a film actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a student. Singer. And singer. Operatic at that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't think of anybody who crosses all of those areas, all those roads. It's just incredible. And his dad was a former slave. His dad had run away mm. um, from the plantation at a young age. But he came from a family who... Um, could trace their ancestry back to the Igbo tribe. Mm. So although they were enslaved, they still were very aware of who they were who and they were. passed that information on. And, then, you know, his dad was a Presbyterian minister. His mom came from a well-known, prominent uh, black family um, of African, Quaker, and uh, Native American descent. So he stood on some, like, he came from a really good family. Mm-hmm. 
So he was just a product of great people before him. But think, the guy died in 1976 uh, uh, and was the son of, of an escaped slave. Which is incredible. Where was he born? In Princeton, New Jersey. So he is a New Jersey native. Yes. Okay, I wasn't sure. Because usually when you start to talk about people landing in that Philadelphia, yes. uh, New Jersey area, that lower New Jersey area, there were a lot of freed slaves, yes. a lot of freedmen in that area because Philadelphia was the place. You know, if you had escaped right. at one point to Philadelphia, it was sort of like the Switzerland, if right. you will, of the United right. States. Nobody was going to come and take you away, although there was a point in time when you could go into Philadelphia and arrest folks, right, so but I'm it didn't last. For my, my runaway. Right. Mm -hmm. It didn't last for very long. No, really good abolitionists. Um, you also had like, you know, um, resistant black folks, but you had really good white abolitionists, mm -hmm. which is like very fitting with what the Amistad Committee was mm -hmm. created for uh, originally and what we represent today. People of all backgrounds working together to um, speak up for human rights and social justice issues. So is this a one night only performance? One night only Friday, uh -huh. Friday, December 2nd. Mm-hmm. But what we hope is that um, New Haven will take the opportunity, um, certainly black New Haven, but New Haven in general will take the opportunity to really enjoy some of the uh, rich cultural activities that are um, before them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not everybody gets opportunities to have such fine um, entertainment and, um, like, and, you know, opportunities for information. So we should take advantage of it because we're very lucky here to have so many good things come across our path. But I hope everyone comes out and takes advantage. So call Mr. Robeson, A Life with Songs. The poster says, A roller coaster journey through African-American actor and singer Paul Robeson's remarkable life, highlighting his pioneering and heroic political activism. Features Old Man River and other famous songs. Much fiery oratory and a defiant testimony to the house un-american activities committee now i had heard as a kid that you know from different generations of people you know that people some people looked at his portrayals as uncle tomish some people looked at his portrayals as breakthrough mm -hmm. pioneer so it all really boiled down to who you talk to in right. that particular era. Well, he's saying spiritual. That's the sense I'm getting. And that's where I learned about him. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I don't know as much as I should. And I'm learning so much just in this conversation right now with you two about Mr. Robeson. And, um, but I knew him through church growing up mm -hmm. in the AME church. Yes. My mom was a choir director. And I just remember her saying, oh, this is one of Paul Robeson's songs, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I know I knew that Old Man River was one of was his probably most famous yeah. song, yes. yeah. If that's correct, and yes. so and and I always, um, I mean, it's one. It's interesting how you have these memories, but I can hear his voice, mm. you know, singing that Old Man River over and over in my head from an early age, and I think that's why I'm so excited yes. about sharing this performance, you know, with young people and mm -hmm. getting the students involved, mm -hmm. so that. 
at least they can know as much as I knew. I knew that he was someone to know. Right. I knew he was someone to be celebrated. Someone to research on your own and right. find more about. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But well, he was a known, like he was a renowned bassist. His his voice. There was no mm-hmm. bass voice like mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. So Old Man River with those deep, low, mm-hmm. rich tones. That was a song that only he could sing mm-hmm. that way. And then he also popularized um, Negro spirituals, mm-hmm. who some people were ashamed of because they were also known as plantation melodies. Right. So if you were there and you sang those songs and you knew what the meaning was, maybe mm-hmm. it was something you were ashamed of when you've overcome that or grown past that. Mm-hmm. But um, he popularized them again. Well, in the AME church, we loved our Negro spirituals. Oh, us too, absolutely. So, yeah. Well, I think it's a case of, you know, as as we all know, when you move up, they're the <laughs> things that you supposedly want to leave behind. Right. And so, you know, I can only imagine that being an African-American in the 30s and 40s and mm-hmm. 50s was not an easy thing. And so when you don't have positive media images to back up anything that you're doing. I can understand why people would want to leave stuff behind. Would I do it? Probably not. But then again, I'm not living in that we time came along period. In a time when we people came said along we don't have to be ashamed of, of, that, of be proud of it. The right. music, mm-hmm. you know, and who we are. So and it was still very new and real for him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you're born in 1898 and um, slavery legally, um, 1865, when you know most slaves were freed. That wasn't that long. Right. Mm-hmm. My my parents born in 1949 knew very old emancipated slaves. Mm-hmm. So if my parents who made me knew very, very old emancipated slaves, it's not that far removed from us. So it definitely no. wasn't removed from her. And that's what I, I, you know, I talk to my students about segregation a lot. And I tell them that I went to, segregated school and i was partially educated in a segregated school system so it's not that long ago you know it may seem like it does not exist for you and it's in books and you might see pictures i've i've had students ask me who are the guys in the right white robes again right and (laughs) it's like they're the clan don't you know anything about them well i know that they come after people in the white robes but they don't know the history of it so it's one of those things where even though we live in this time where everything is instant right we still have to let people know about the history because the history is tied into americans history that's right and an american history is what makes dare i say america great Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm I don't want to say right. That's I know what you're saying. That's great. I know what you're saying. Period. Right. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Uh-huh. I just want to say that's what makes America great. I think it raised a good point though, too, because they, we do need to kind of go over some of this uh, stuff from the past because it's reared its head in our present. Mm-hmm. A lot of what you're talking about, what we're discussing today, is back now. And then I think, well, if people protest and they speak out. Are they going to have to settle themselves up to face the backlash again? Mm-hmm. What's going to be the um, end result for uh, Colin Kaepernick? 
what is he going to face mm-hmm. professionally and or otherwise mm-hmm. so i mean paul robeson's life right is is more than relevant today right because what he had to face in his testimony with the house of un-american activities committee was probably what changed his life for sure what made him leave america mm-hmm. because he could not get work he could not do anything but he couldn't get work because the fbi was going around putting out the word not to promote him him or give him, you know, or sponsor his performances. Mm -hmm. Same. I mean, so professionally, but then you're thinking about your friends are being questioned and people who you loved and who loved you are afraid. And so they won't touch you and they won't deal with you. And, you know, even though they love you still, they, they're afraid and won't deal with you. So it, it definitely disrupts your life. And I think too, you know, if you're a proud person, as obviously Mr. Robeson was, then you have to think of how difficult that had to be for him to actually, all of a sudden, you know, it's like somebody shut the door in your face and you can't reopen it. Mm -hmm. So you have to really think, what now? What's next? You know, and it wasn't as if he were a young man and could start over. You know, here he is, a middle-aged man in America who can't get work as a performer. So what do you do? You You can't go home. You can't go home. You can't. And it makes all the difference. And, you know, it's really something to think about. As you said, his life and his legacy is more relevant probably now than it has been to anybody over the past 30 to 40 years. So this performance will make a lot of difference to a lot of young people. Yeah, we certainly hope so. And um, president of the Amistad Committee, I should say too, we're doing this in partnership with Southern Connecticut State Mm -hmm. University, the Multicultural Center. Mm -hmm. And they um, gave us the opportunity to speak to some of their students because our concern as a committee was, well, how are we going to get college students there if maybe they don't, they even don't know, know who he is. about who mm, yeah, he is. Paul is? I'm sad to report that um, that uh, Al said that when he spoke to them, he asked, he says, how many of you have ever heard of Paul Robeson? And in both sessions, not one person could raise their hand. Mm. Um, so this is a very necessary, I mm-hmm. think, event. And I hope that all the young people will take advantage of it. Now, it's taking place Friday, December 2nd. Yes. And have you reached out to high school students? Yes, we have. And college students? Yes, Yes, we have. We even brought, um, purchased 200 tickets for high school students so that they can attend free with a college ID. Um, You mean with a high school ID? I mean with a high school ID. Okay. Yeah, so high school students free with a high school ID. Okay. Or they can, um, if they're coming with the group or if um, anyone listening has a youth group they'd like to bring, then they can send me the names of those students um, by email and I'll have the tickets set aside for them when okay. they arrive. All right. Yeah. And any idea as to how long it is? I don't want to. We've, we expect it to be over by 9 alert. p.m. Yeah. I don't want to spoil alert. We think it alert. should be about an hour and a half. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. That's good. That's good. Because, you know, young people, 
as we said, in this day and age, you know, to get them to sit through something is. Oh, well, we've got a cool plan for that, too. So actually, we're asking the young people to come early uh, to the Multicultural Mm. Center at 6 p.m. Okay. And we'll provide a dinner, pizza dinner for them. And they'll get the opportunity to meet the actor, the performer who's playing Mr. Robeson. So, um, yes. That's a great idea. And there will also be an opportunity for us to be able to talk to some young people and give them just a little information about uh, Paul Robeson. Mm-hmm. And um, I really want them to tap into uh, what they can learn from him and why he's important to them right now. Mm-hmm. This is a great inspiration. Indeed. Mm-hmm. You know, what you can do with your life, how you can succeed in spite of so many obstacles in your way. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. So people can get tickets still at Lyman, correct? Yes, yes they can call the Lyman Center um, at the box office at 203-392-6154 or purchase their tickets online at tickets.southernct.edu. All right, and general admission is 30 and college students with ID or senior citizens, you have a discount ticket of $15. And for those that would like to have the chance to meet um, the actor Tayo Aluko more personally, you may be interested in the VIP ticket because you'll be invited to a post-performance reception at the Knickerbocker Golf Club. Um, and you'll also get premier seating at the Lyman Center. And so that is the $40 ticket. That's the $40 ticket. Yes. So if I just buy $10 more 40, dollars, if I buy the $40 ticket, I am in for a spectacular evening. Indeed. Right. I get to be amongst the VIPs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then we, we also close and personal with, you know, with the actor. Yes. Get to um, highlight another one of our New Haven African-American landmarks. Mm hmm with the famous Knickerbocker Golf Club. That's right. Right Indeed. around the corner from um, the Lyman Center. It's at um, actually 715 Sherman Parkway mm-hmm. in New Haven. Mm-hmm. It's the castle, naughty-looking brick Yeah, the building. young people call it the castle, I've heard. I'm yes. like, oh, that's what we call it. Yeah, that's it. what yeah. it is, right. I call it the Nick. Right. <laughs> the <laughs> so, castle. Oh, right. The Nick, the castle, whatever. Right, which has its own famed history. Yes. Yeah, which is indeed has its own history <laughs> and is on the National Historic uh, Register. Wow. For not only its history, but its structure. Right. Because the building initially, I'm a little sidebarring here, but... Um, it was a German singing society building. Wow. So it, the irony, if you will, is that the German singing society building was right next door to the Jewish orphanage. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is now where the school Amistad is. You are full of New Haven facts, <laughs> Michelle. Wow. I've interviewed a lot of people. Uh-huh. So <laughs> okay. kind of like everything rolls back to you after a while. If there's anything, well, go ahead. I just also wanted to say that um, this performance, the performance is the performer. Um, they are based in London, so they're coming all the way. The Amistad Committee is flying them here, putting them up in the hotel here, whining and dining them while they're here just for you, New Haven. And this show has been seen at New York's Carnegie Hall mm. in February 2012 and in London's West End 
in October 2013. Which is their Broadway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. And we are providing <laughs> quality entertainment and really um, just trying to enrich the community with the um, wonderful artist who's coming. So, Charles, I'm not used to calling you Charles. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> but um, what is it that you want the public to take away from this experience? I want them to um, to be inspired. I want young people to be inspired to achieve, to broaden their horizons, to, one, formulate an opinion based on facts, and two, um, be strong enough to speak up for what they believe in. Mm. I want them to be everything that they want to be because Paul Robeson did that. Everything he wanted to be, he was, and he was great at it. And then I also want um, the community to support the arts Mm. and support um, good quality entertainment that comes here because um, not everyone is receiving it. Right. And so we should, if we treasure something and we appreciate something, we should support it. And I want people to see, hey, I have a connection to him. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in law school or I want to go to college or I'm an activist or I believe deeply in something and I, I want to make a difference. Um, or for young people um, like my brother, uh, Paul Robeson was a, a notable member of Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're still doing good work in the community. So I want people just to see themselves in, um, Reflected Paul Robeson. in, in what he has done. And you, Kai, what would you like for the public to take away from this? I would echo most of what Charles said. Um, but it sounds like from all that I've learned here today that we need to take the time to honor this man and mm-hmm. give him the credit that is mm-hmm. due to him. Absolutely. You know, um, so let's let's all come out and celebrate him and give him that that the reception that he deserved um, many, many years ago. And how is this tied in, last but not least, to Ethnic Online? Oh, Ethnic Online um, is our media sponsor. And so we're really gracious that they were able to run our ad um, through their uh, huge um, email list. So Mm -hmm. we're just really grateful. They just thought it was a great opportunity um, that needed to be promoted. And so. And for the adults. Mm hmm. This is an opportunity to show young people um, how important these figures are, historical Mm -hmm. figures are. And so sometimes, like, the young people might not be um, moved to go, Mm -hmm. but I'm asking the adults to push the young people, suggest, inspire, um, lead them to the opportunity to learn. We have to teach young people um, how to go to the theater, and we have to um, teach them to be interested Mm-hmm. and um information and so i hope that the um learned this great learned adult community that we have in new haven leads young people to um, a great opportunity all the way around and the opportunity to celebrate the arts i think that is first and foremost we're hearing less and less about celebrating the arts or doing things Absolutely. in the arts these days because we're so at least I feel from the African-American community, we're so involved in survival right now. 
and we are so hunkered down in survival mode that all of the great things that the great theater and the great dance and the great performances that usually come out of our our community are being sort of not pushed aside, but certainly not elevated or celebrated in ways that they have been over the decades. So this too is an opportunity not for not only for people to get a real slice of history, but to participate in the arts. And there's as a, a beautiful community. relationship, Michelle, between that survival need and artistic expression. Mm. Good singing, good dancing, um, strong acting mm-hmm. comes for us. A lot of our great artistic work has been a result of needing to express this this angst or pain and or frustration. Frustration, yes. absolutely. So there's definitely a, a great relationship. I think it's a great assessment. So. With that, is there anything else you'd like to add? I just, I think I should put my email address out there just in case people want to get more information okay. or want to send me lists of students okay. um, who'd like to attend for free, I might add. So that's Kai, K-A-I dot Perry, P-E-R-R-Y at Yale dot E-D-U. Right. Kai dot Perry, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank for being you, being in the studio this morning. Much appreciated. <laughs> As... Charles Chaz Warner, I appreciate you being here and thank, no, thank you, you so much. It's an opportunity just to, to watch you do your thing. <laughs> well, I've been doing it long enough, so mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's just me. But I thank you for being on the show this morning. And um community, please do come out, support. You do not have to be a person of color to learn about Paul Robeson. <laughs> it's very important that you know his story because his story is an American story. So thank you. I appreciate you listening. Hello to Linda L. Boogie Brown down in D.C. Hello to my friends in the U.K. and Sheila in Columbia, South Carolina. Good morning to you. This has been the show on WNHH 103.5 FM LP.